Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The post-Civil War landscape of the American West offers escape and opportunities to many new immigrants who come to the country's shore. A few of them brave the journey to the camp town of Missouri Crossing, each looking for a new lease on life in the Dakota Territories. Join the settlers of Missouri Crossing, including Gregory Smith, played by Joaquin, Sister Margaret Miller, played by Monica, Bjorn Hagman, played by Chris, and Craig as the keeper of arcane lore, as we explore the horrors that await us on Down Darker Trails. Saturday afternoon, there's quite a festive uh, mood going on, and, you know, a lot of the local townsfolk have bring out some of their wares to sell it's also a bit of like a kind of like a farmer's market as well and people are kind of just you know socializing and checking out some of the like fair time atmospheres but again the biggest uh draw would be um mr um professor black's um tent and as you guys are like kind of chatting and just look on the lookout for um major foresight than his gay guys um you're just hearing just raving reviews from the people who come out of it um there's you know miners and like the like the lumber workers are like you know put aside their differences and they're all kind of just excited to have some sort of like uh community event to bring them together and like even uh, Mr. Greer is very um, uh, happy uh, with the attendance. Uh, there's been some cider that had been um, pressed and is being uh, sold at a discount um, from the the doors of the Silver Dollar. Notably absent, however, is uh, Mr. Brewster, who none of you have seen in the past week. But uh, I'm going to say uh, scenes on you guys as you're. Um, with your group and you're just walking down the streets towards the festivities. Part of Gregory is watching this and and saying like, oh, could have, uh, I wouldn't leave much of a business opportunity here. Not much for, need for metal to dances, but uh, that's, a, that's a small part of him. But the rest of him is going, okay, keep an eye out. It could, this, you know, the back of his neck's prickling is like, you know, this Cornelius Weaver could you know, if the magic is real thing could be anybody in this place and it could be watching us right now when right to kill us at the right opportunity. So he's not, he's not, he is putting on a, a front of enjoying himself, but he is not, he, he is not relaxed at all. And I think it, it sort of tells a bit in that, you know, even though he smiles and everything, it's, it doesn't really reach his eyes and his eyes are always like darting around the place. Jean looks at, Gregory is like, so did your brother say when the major is going to be here? Uh, he, he just said it, he would they'll be here for the dance. I, I didn't, he didn't, you know, it, we don't have a lot of time pieces, so he didn't give me an exact time. How long till the dance? It's, is it around the time for the dance? Um, I mean, it's the afternoon, and I guess it's a couple hours until the dance proper starts. But honestly, a few people are you know, dancing around to some impromptu music already, yeah. but it's not like, it's like you're in the, like uh, the pregame um, portion of the festivities, if you will. Tailgate. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
Um, I'm just going to keep my eyes open for anyone in a union uniform. Just kind of like, you know, see if maybe we can spot him before the dance. I have a question since I was attempting black magic. Yeah. And um, so I, I obtained that eyeball. Am I like, we didn't really discuss what would happen when I, when I obtained the ingredients and tried to do the spell. Oh, you're actually trying the spell. Oh yes. I would imagine that at a, you know, at a big event, like the dance, there's so many victims to choose from and such a large crowd that it's easy to just kind of snipe somebody out of the way that if someone were going to strike, they would strike there. So I think she would want to go into it with the idea that she's already prepared and completely disguised. Oh, so you are going to want to attempt the black magic beforehand and see what sort of outcome you get. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So are you just going to do it uh, that uh, morning or are you going to do it the night before? It's, it's, it's kind of like a, it takes a few minutes to do. It's not one of those things where you can just like go like I dream a genie and it's a bit of a ritual. She'd she'd do it the night before, not only because at night nobody would see her do it, but she'd have uh, more uninterrupted time. Sure. So, and plus the eyeball is not going to stay fresh forever. What the eyeball pieces. That is very true. All right. So it's the night before then, and you are, you know, um, making all the preparations. You've reread the procedure many times, and uh, you you think that uh, you have it down. Basically, you would light a few candles, um, see, invoke some uh, strange entities that you've never heard of before. You think you heard the word uh, Yogg-Sothoth somewhere in the chanting, but um, it doesn't really mean anything to you. But uh, yeah, you basically do the ritual, and at the climax of the spell, you would bite down on the bits of eyeball to secure it. So, uh, you light your candles, and you start your chanting, and now comes the time for the portion where you must think and believe that you would resemble what you would want to um, come across as. So, who or what when Margaret tried to disguise herself as she would try to remember the appearance of uh, one of the whores at the brothel. She first thinks of lavender, but she doesn't, you know, want to accidentally have someone that, you know, knows her or what if, you know, Bjorn starts asking lavender questions. So she wants to look like one of the whores, but Maybe not one of the more popular ones, just a well-behaved but kind of bland whore. All right. So um, just mechanically, this is going to cost you some magic points and some pow. So how many magic points do you think Margaret would try to use up on this? Because this is the first time you ever try to do magic. Hmm, That's a good question. I've got 12 magic and I have, I think, 60 pow. Yep. 12 magic, 60 pow. Hmm. I don't know how you would determine how much magic she would use. Yeah. Because like your character doesn't really have a concept of magic and you did fail your occult role. So you think you can do it. But 
you don't really know what the costs are, but it's sort of like a, if you put enough into it, you think if you put enough of your own thoughts and energy into it, you think you can make it work. Hmm. Okay. In that case, since she really wants this to work, but part of her is skeptical that it will, I'm going to say she puts in four magic. Okay. Um, and how much pow would you be permanently sacrificing? Mm, 20. Okay. So can you also roll me 2d6? One and five. All right. Um, so you'll be losing six sanity through all this. Can you make me a sanity roll based off your new amount? Or sorry, um, can you make me an intelligence roll because you lost more than five in one go? Just straight up intelligence. You'd like to fail this if you could. Yep, 87 out of 80. So luckily you don't go insane while do, while casting the spell and you retain your essence of Margaret because that could have been very bad. Um, however, as you're chanting, you realize that you need to give up a little bit more oomph for it to work. So you, you you feel like the transformation starting, but then it kind of like stops and you feel like the levels are regressing, almost like you need to put more like out of character magic points into it. Okay, so I started at 12. I'm down to eight. She would put another two points in, bringing me down to six. Alrighty. So um, how would you be um, changing your app? What would your new app score be? You can make yourself more beautiful. You could also um, increase or decrease your size. Or you make you can make yourself uglier. Um, well, her app is at 40 right now, and her size is at 50. I would think that she would remain her size. She's very petite. Mm-hmm. But she would definitely make herself prettier. Pretty enough to be a whore, at least. Okay. What would your new app score want to be? I don't know, Craig. What's a good whore number for app? Uh, somewhere between, uh, probably between 30 and 100. Oh, gee, that's so specific. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to look um, better, go higher. But this is the part where you get to set how pretty you are. Is it going to come at the expense of more magic? or? I don't know. You failed your occult role. True, true, true. Hmm. I would want to go up uh, 20 points. I would want to have an app of 60. All right. Uh, you can change your app permanently to 60 and tell uh, everyone how you now look. Wow. Okay. Um, well, she would still be a petite woman. I'm thinking she would have a thick chocolate brown wavy hair that uh, comes down to the shoulders. Uh, her skin would be nice and clear and healthy looking. Uh not as pale as she normally is. So she would still be, you know, of European descent, but perhaps have a little bit more color. And she would have just very soft and uh, innocent brown eyes. Excellent. So let's flash forward to the, uh, to the fair the next day. And Bjorn and Gregory are kind of walking down the street and suddenly sister Michael um, comes running up to you, Bjorn, and says, Bjorn, Bjorn, something's happened to Sister Sister Margaret. I can't find her anywhere. Oh, shit. Like, uh, 
he just, I just look at Gregory all like intensely right now. Like, of course, the fucking timing, right? I don't think that like in character. I'm just like looking at him like, what the fuck should we do? You know what I mean? Like by her reaction. I look at back at the girl and I'm like, Sister Michaels, I'm like, when was the last time you saw her? Oh, last night when we were getting ready for bed, she stayed up to do some reading by candlelight. And I think she was praying, but I fell asleep during that. And when I got up this morning, she was gone and I haven't seen her. There what was, was this, she reading? I don't know. It was probably her Bible. I, I don't know. I, there's. It was really strange because I, I had to chase her out this morning. There was this strange woman in her bed. What huh? is I've never seen her before, but it must have been one of those those women from the Silver Dollar or something. But there was this brown-haired woman in her bed this morning, and I I chased her out. Gregory will like, of course, like think back to like the uh, the spell book, and he's like, uh, I see. Uh, could, could you tell me more about what this woman looked like? Brown hair, you said. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, about the same size as uh, the sister, but. You know, and she goes on to describe the figure that is now watching this scene unfold in the distance that you guys haven't noticed yet. But I'm I, I see. Uh, Bjorn, come on. I, I think I think I might have an idea of where uh, Sister Margaret might have gone. Uh, come, we'll switch over here, uh, Bjorn. I'm just confused because I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I was like, Cause I'm like almost ready to go to high alert, jump on my horse and go over there and look around for clues or some shit. So I'm like going, walking to where he's at. Just perplexed. Where are you leading Bjorn? And are you leaving sister Margaret or sister uh, Michael behind? Yeah, I, I will say, I, you know, sister Michael, you know, you, you'll, we'll search over here. You can search over there and we'll uh, let you know when we find her. Oh yes, please, please do find her. She means the world to me. Do, 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 do not worry, sister. We, we, she will be found. Might take us a, might maybe, you know, she'll probably just show up tomorrow. Like, you know, uh, having gone off to, uh, for like a long walk, you know, how she takes walks. I, I'm sure that's it. I'm sure that's it. And she kind of goes off looking for her in other places. And once, you know, once I'm, once Greg was able to get Bjorn uh, away, from, you know, out of, He'll, he'll like you know sort of shift look look around. It's like, ah, so if if this I suppose this proves that the book what? isn't just full of what are you uh, talking about books and everything? We need to go there. We need to find her. You said you knew where she is. What are you rambling about, man? Sister Margaret isn't missing. She was chased out of her room by Sister Michael. I'm just like shaking my head. What the? What are you talking about, Gregory? The, there was we, Sister Margaret found a book with magic spells in it, and one of the spells can let you transform into another person. And if, and according to the story, if it's what happened, I think happened. Sister Margaret used the the spell book to change into that brown haired woman. Sister Michael described. Where are we at right now? Just so I can, before I do my next thing, like, where are we at? You're kind of like walking along, like, middle of town where, like, a lot of the festivals um, and stands have been set up. You know, you got so the a bunch of people or, around. Yeah, a bunch of people around. People are selling and buying wares, like, kind of singing songs, just making merry, drinking cider. 
<clears throat> I so I'm gonna turn my back to him for a second, like an awkward second, and then I'm gonna turn around. I'm gonna go like way into his personal space because he's bigger than me, right? I'm gonna look up at him. I'm gonna be like, "Have you read this book?" I've looked into it. I don't really care. It's the spells are interesting. The rest of it's very. The man brags a lot in his work. I'll put my hand on my pistol and I'll look up at him for a second. I'm just like fucking steel cold right now. I'm not like smiling, not like trying to be intimidating or whatever. And I'm like looking at him. I'm like, you touched a book like that again and I'll put you down so your system. family's safe. And then, you know, seeing how serious Bjorn is, Gregory, like me just gave him just be like, Margaret was the one who gave it to me in the first place. All right. And she, uh, and she, and she, and she, and she and she told me she's not sure how you know, who had it before her. So she says, for all we know, this Cornelius Weaver might have had this book at some point. So he could be. And you let her have here. it again? You let I, her no, have it I, again? No, 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 no. I, see, I don't know how. She, maybe she wrote, copied the spells down in, in, a, in a journal somewhere. But I, the book is still in my place. So you have the book then? Yes. Not supposed to make this better. You have it by your family and your kids where they can find it? It's a book. It's not going to jump and up. You and, tell me that, and you tell me that she walks around looking like someone she's not now, but it's just a book that you're going to keep by your children and your wife. Are you tainted? Are you like them now? Bjorn. And Gregory like put a hand on the shoulder and like put, put a little bit of pressure on it. Just calm. Don't touch me. Get your <laughs> hand off me. And then you, the grip, grip tightens and it's just Bjorn. It is a book that I looked at. I have not done anything. I have made no curses. I have made no sacrifices. I have done nothing. I have just looked at words on a page. And you keep it. And you know what it can do. And you I didn't know what it could it. do. when I didn't know what I could do until the story Mr. Michael just told me. I wasn't even sure it actually worked or not. But now, look. We can ask Sister Mar- if we can find the brown-haired woman. If if she is who I think if I think she is Sister Margaret, then she can tell you. Then, then you can s- talk to her about. You know, if she's doing what she what you think she's done, you know she's one of them, right? One of who? And I look for a second, and I just gently push his hand off my shoulder. Now, you know what I mean. And I'm looking around, and I'm sure they got like little tables for people to sit down right by these stands or whatever where someone could have like a lack of yeah, there's been a lot of construction in the past yeah. week yeah so i'm like gonna look around for somewhere where i know there's people around but where no one could overhear our conversation i'm gonna go like motion for him to go sit over there with me all right so one of who are you talking about who is this them and there's a moment like he takes off his hat you know what i mean and he's kind of like looking inside his hat and he pulls out like this dirty red handkerchief that he always has he kind of like wipes the sweat off his brow and he looks at you and he takes a deep breath and he's like where i came from i told you i was a constable yes a lawman yeah there were people where i was from people of influence much like the sounds like the person you met this weaver or the people who run the silver dollar or even people higher in political positions we're doing things. Children were missing and some were found dead. And it was me who was trying to find what happened to them. Yes. And I did. And it was things like you were telling me about that these people were involved in. And I put them down, all of them, every single one of them. Use your imagination and think how many they were. And I found each and every one of them. But after I was done, I don't know if it was because of them 
or if it was God passing judgment on me, but my wife, she got tuberculosis and she died. And that's why I took my son and I came to Chicago because I wanted to run away from all this. But you see now it follows me. Yes. It I starts- see what you're saying. But, uh, me and Margaret, we have done. Uh, look, where do you think it starts? Gregory, you think these people were born that way? They were rich and influential, and they were probably bored. They were probably trying to find more ways to get more influence. Well, it's a good thing I'm not rich then. It's a good thing that I have. I work every single day at a forge. That every single day I am working the metal. It shows off his hands. You see all these, see the scars, and think I have. I have not been. (laughs) You don't think that they go after the common man? You think evils only stuck to one class? How many times did you see in the war? How many travesties did you see probably done by people who are your peers? Were those rich people destroying one another, killing their brothers, mauling each other? We're all that way. And they tried to tap into that. And if Miller took that that temptation and has ran with it, how can we trust her? Because she is our friend. You don't... Look, 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 Bjorn, Bjorn. If it will make you feel better, I will give you the book. You can bury it, burn it. I don't want that book. You burn it. You bury it. I don't touch such things. So I use my head and I like Fine. point to my head all like. Fine. I will burn it if that, if that will give you peace. But it is right now. It's something. It's knowledge we didn't have before that could help us. That's how and it starts. That's how it always starts. I get up and I'm like brushing off my pants. Fine. You say you burn it. I'm looking down at him. You will. But for your wife's sake and your kid's sake. If I see that you've been turned, I'm putting you down, Gregory. And I think that you'd want me to do that, too. And I just put my hat on. I start walking down the street, expecting, you know, knowing that he's probably going to catch up or whatever. So, yeah, Gregory will, like, sort of look at him for a bit and then just be like, I, if I need, I will, what happens to me doesn't matter as long as, they, as long as they're safe. Then he'll get up and they'll follow after Bjorn. Sorry, he's like really, you know, I yeah, don't try yeah, to be yeah. a fucking douchebag, fucking. Uh, you know I get what, it. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Now, Margaret, get in here before. Get in here. I know, so we're really like... Drama with Bjorn. Oh god. We need. We need. Our, we need our. We need our Bjorn Margaret <laughs> drama she's, quota. She's gonna. She's gonna cast a spell. <laughs> penis of a poxmark. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> gonna fucking put him under her sway. So I think that seeing. Gregory and Bjorn fighting is kind of kind of attract Margaret oh, her attention. <laughs> oh, and um she kind of she hasn't seen herself yet, but she can tell by Sister Margaret's I'm, I'm sorry, Sister Michael's uh reaction to her this morning that maybe the spell worked, but she doesn't know if it worked right. Like for all she knows, she looks like an old hag. Uh she threw her clothes on and she felt that uh, the one nice dress that she has, that cornflower blue one, it fit, fit a little bit tighter around the hips and around the bosom, but she's still her same height. Uh, she could tell that some things have changed, but she hasn't looked at herself. So as soon as she sees them, uh, she kind of starts hurriedly walking towards them because it seems that Bjorn is upset and she doesn't know why, but Gregory seems very apologetic. Bjorn seems very upset. And she's heading over just to see what's going on. So Bjorn, Gregory, you see this um, 
dark-haired woman approaching you um, from the distance. You'd never really seen her before. Where she's wearing a blue dress and seems to be walking directly at you guys. And Gregory feels like she will try to see if he, she resembles the, uh, the description that Cersei Michael gave. So he's like, you know, as soon as he gets Margaret, is that you? Oh, no. Rats, you mean to tell me I did all that and it didn't even work? You can see it's me? Uh, you know, as, as soon as it's like, you, you see, it's like, you know, he steps, takes ha- half a step back and he's just... And as she was speaking, like, it didn't really sound quite the same as Margaret's voice because her vocal cords would be shaped slightly differently. So it's like, it's maybe pitched a little bit differently, but it's the, still the same cadence is there in it. So yeah, it, it, even even though like the body is different, the way like the the, the body how she stands it reminds him. The, the it, posture, it, the the speech patterns, like the, the, so the micro it, stuff. It, it totally throws him off. It's bizarre to him. Yeah, you no, see uh, a look of disgust on Jorn's face. Like he stepped back. You know what I mean? He just is not like no, it's cool. You know, he just has the same look. <laughs> No, Margaret, it, it 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 worked. It's just I was looking for you. God, this is weird. I can't believe it actually worked. And she's kind of looking at her hands. She says, "I haven't had a chance to look at myself. I, I woke up and Sister Michael was just literally grabbing me by the hair and throwing me out of my own tent. I thought she was mad at me because I had skipped duties, but." She she seemed very upset, so I, I grabbed my clothes and I ran. But I, I look different. Do I look older, younger? What do I look like? You look like someone who made a horrible decision. Gregory, you recall seeing that one of the uh, stands was actually selling like those little pocket mirrors as well. <laughs> and to and so yeah, whatever you'll point it out, and to avoid you know be, being seen in public buying another woman a pocket mirror, he'll just. Pointed out to her, and like, you know, if, yeah, if to, to just to you know, look at the look at the wares, like see your reflection is. So Margaret's gonna walk over and uh, kind of look around the mirrors, grab one, you know, and look at herself in it. She's gonna look at her face and just seem kind of shocked, a little bit, you know, disturbed by it because it's it's her, but it's not her. And then she's going to tilt the mirror downwards. So she's looking at her chest and she's going to look a little bit giddy. Uh, she's always been very flat and boyish in her figure. And now she actually looks like a proper woman. So she snaps the mirror shut, puts it back down and, you know, tells the seller she's not interested before kind of turning back to Gregory and saying that book. I can't believe it, Gregory. It worked. I was right. That must be how he's getting around. I look at Gregory, like, just kind of look at him. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Gregory was like, so do we, should Margaret, do you want, want us to call you, are you still Margaret? Do you want to call him? Uh, and he's confused by like, what, what's going to call you exactly? And she just smiles, you know, very excitedly and says, no, I think I'll go by Hazel now. I'm trying to blend in as one of the ladies at the Silver Dollar. After all, it looks like the two victims were female, one of which clearly a whore, the other one pretty enough to be one. So if we're going to lure him out, we can use me. That sounds like a horrible idea. Horrible idea. (laughs) 
Oh, and what you like, your idea was much better. Go in front of the man and accuse him of, you know, witchcraft and trap him that way. At least we can have the element of surprise on our side. You just see Jean's face is getting like red, just getting like red, beat red. Like his neck is getting all splotchy and red. And he's just gritting his, he's not saying shit. He's just gritting his fucking jaw right now, looking at you. And what is your problem? She's gonna kind of look at him like she did this all for the safety of the group, and at least Gregory seems to understand. But Bjorn is just being so belligerent. She can say, "What is your problem, huh? Why and are you looking just, at me like that?" And there's a moment where he's just thinking about something, then he just spits on the ground in front of you, and then he just turns around and he walks off. Well, who spat in his oatmeal this morning? <laughs> Gregory again is is like puts a hand to his face and is wondering how the hell did he somehow get found up in this in this in the weirdest life is weird romance bro. drama <laughs> thing. It's not romance drama, bro. It's like fucking shit. It will be evil shit. Yeah, it's like oh, will be fucked. Now you're scaring me, dude. Like, <laughs> should, should anything be romance drama if you squint hard enough? <laughs> anyway, so Gregory will say to Gregory will say to Sister Hazel that he I told him I told him about the book and his reaction was to essentially demand that I burn it for the safety of all or else I risk essentially damning my immortal soul and everything around me to worse because did he tell you about how back in his homeland, there were people who apparently had, were even t- into darker dealings with books like these. No, he never really talks to me about it, no matter how much I ask. He tells me things have happened and he saw things that he vowed to never speak of again. But of course, he's telling you and not me. Well, for go- well, I just know that he all but... He, he all but came to blows over learning that I had the book in the first place. And so I, I am... Look, I, the best way I can understand it is to him seeing anyone, especially you, go read, the, read, the, read, the, read these books and even dabble in these arts is all but, bla- all but heresy to him and the worst, a sign of even of moral corruption. Moral corruption, and with that, she kind of throws her head back and laughs. I mean, mind you, she's gone from sanity fifty-two to sanity forty-four, um, and she she kind of laughs and says, "I'm sorry, you must have him confused with someone else. This is not the same Bajorn Hagman." who visits the Silver Dollar on a regular basis, the same Jean Hagman, who doesn't seem to mind that his son does as well with money that he has stolen from his own father. Oh, please, spare me the lesson on morality from Mr. Bjorn Hagman. I did what I did for us. I prayed on it beforehand, and Jesus blessed me with this. This was not an act of selfishness. I am doing this to spare others. I could understand if 
somebody were doing this willy nilly, but the things I had to do to achieve this, well, let's just say I wouldn't have done just to get pretty hair and long eyelashes or for myself. I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to stop further murders. And if he doesn't care, well, you know what? Then so be it. Then you and I can work together and screw him. And again, Gregory is just <laughs> is quietly, uh, quietly regretting his many life choices, and, and just, such as getting to know these two people. So Bjorn, you kind of uh, stormed off in a huff, and you're just kind of like pacing over, trying to put together what madness could have compelled your two friends to, you know, try witchcraft. And you're just kind of like, you're kind of quite obvious in your mannerisms and you start staring off into space for a little bit. And then you realize that someone's talking to you. I was kind of like shake myself out of my reverie. Like, huh? Look who is talking to me. And I said, do you see something there that interests you? Good, sir. And you look down and it's a kind of small man. Um, he has uh, darker skin, possibly of Arabic um, descendant and you, you seem to have stopped um, in front of his table where he's selling his um, miraculous um, treasures from the future. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. Sorry, my mind was, I was thinking, I, sorry. But I just kind of looking at what I'm standing in front of. <laughs> so, like, he start, starts to, um, like, give you his spiel. He's Professor Black, um, uh, inventor extraordinaire, and um, world-famous salesman. And he's basically showing you his wares and like a few things actually like seem actually out of the ordinary and interesting. I, I mean, there's the usual like vigor potions and hair um, um, loss remedies, but now there's these like pans that I guess refuse to have eggs stick to them when you cook with them. And there's something that's called like an everlasting pen. And then there's this like weird like military like spyglass, except that it has like two ocular receptacles, and it's like this like black sort of material. It, it, you thought at first it was like leather, but then it's like this like hard but light material. And then he's talking about like this the magic wand of flame, and it's like this um, like so, some sort of like the, the same type of material, but it's like brightly colored um, green, and it has like a black. Um, wand protruding from it and he, he hits a button and like a little flame pops out of it. Do they have this stuff really back then or is this legit shit from the future, man? <laughs> it's it's future the, stuff. And he, out of character, it's future stuff. Dude. And he is uh, like, like trying to sell you on this automatic maths device and it seems to be some sort of like crazy difference engines and he's doing like, like one plus one and it uh, hits the equal sign and it has like two in like these block letters. <laughs> oh, fuck. Am I seeing I'm all like, oh wow, dude. As a player, I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking off the this is like some gunslinger shit. You know what I mean? Uh I don't know if you've ever read the book. Anyways, um I'm like looking at the binoculars. I'm just kind of like, how much are you charging for this? And I'm pointing at the binoculars. I have even more wonder things inside. And I look at him for a second. When he says that in that sly voice, I'm just looking at him. I'm like, and I just like take a deep breath. I'm like, oh, and I just like turn around and walk off. I'm just like, think like, like what the, f-? you know, Jordan is like about to like lose it right now. He's like, everyone in this fucking, like, 
it's following him. All this weirdness is just fucking follow. You know what I mean? Like he's just like looks at the guy. I just he's like a loss for words, and he's just like huffs off and turns and runs off. You know, walks off. You know what I mean? Like feeling the heat. Feeling it's feeling a little hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, would, would you like to make a sanity roll? Yes, I think that'd be a perfect like Cthulhu yeah. thing right now. Because like you know like I mean? you got bombarded by this weird stuff, and yes. then like this other weird stuff of a different flavor is yeah. just popping it. Made it 27. I feel like I'm a Thomas Lagodi novel uh, short story or something, you know, like yeah. <laughs> so if you feel it, it's thematically appropriate, um, you could lose one. Otherwise, you could just brush it off as another weird thing. I would lose one. I like to okay. lose one. I just want to like state that, like, because he's just feeling like this incredible pressure right now, you know. Like, damn, dude, I'm starting to feel a little creeped out from this man. It's because I'm a little hungover, but I'm just like, Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to find someone to sit and I'm just looking for this guy where the dance is going to be. Uh, even though I'm fucking early mm-hmm. or whatever, I'm going to find some shade. I'm just going to sit down in the shade. I'm going to wait till I see a goddamn union jacket. You know what I mean? I swear to God, I'm going to make it through today. He's like, he's really feeling like overwhelmed right now. You know what I mean? Like feeling lightheaded and dizzy. And like, he just doesn't know, like just his two closest friends are fucking devil worshipers probably or whatever, you know, like, so Man, you guys are going to ruin this guy. I'm going to be the one to lose my mind first because my two fucking friends are weirdos eating eyeballs and shit. <laughs> Gregory and Hazel, is there anything you would like to check out? Next on stage is Hazel. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Gregory will want to first. Because uh, he because he, Gregory is like, you know, wants to. To uh, he, on one hand, he wants to make sure that Margaret isn't all by her, all by her lonesome, where you know he knows that there's mad, you know, magic, evil magic going on right now. But he also is a little bit nervous about being seen walking around with a woman who's not his wife at a dance or is at a festival. So he's just like he, he is caught between <laughs> investigating and following the social and not sticking out socially. Curse you, Margaret. Why couldn't she? And of course, Margaret is she's so upset about Bjorn that she's basically going wherever Gregory's gonna go. She's kind of like glued to his side, like she always is. So, so she's, he's the uh, he's, he's the friend she complains to. I, I'm all pieces for this motherfucker. This is what I get. <laughs> That's right. So, Gregory will, I, I might think, I think he's gonna try to. I know. So, how about Gregory turn to Hazel, Hazel, and be like, "Uh, he like, why don't you like go off with the my daughter and the other young women? Maybe mingle among them to see if you can, uh, you know, keep a better eye on the on the on the victims. Get a larger group. That's a great idea. I'll I'll keep an eye on your kids, and with that, she's gonna go, uh, you know, kind of keep his eldest daughter company. Since it looks like she's kind of looking around at the gentleman, and you know, right now she could use, you know, some mindless activities to get her 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 thoughts off of Jorn. And I just said Gregory is gonna definitely find his wife, and and he's and and he's definitely gonna tell her that there is drama going on between Bjorn and Margaret and he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> uh, how so, husband? Is there anything that I can help with? Maybe 
maybe I could talk to Sister Margaret and, you know, maybe. I, th- I think maybe that getting another woman to talk to her might do her some good, but. Yeah, I, I, I think, I, I, yeah, so I, I think you'll probably find her tomorrow or something. I think she's gone off to uh, sulk after talking to Mr. Hagman. It seems that in her efforts to help, Sister Margaret has brought up old demons of Mr. Hagman's, and they they, they are like cross... But they... <laughs> They they are want to be friends, but they see cannot they cannot seem to do anything but annoy each other, or even worse, infuriate each other. And there's me in the middle of all this, and then there's my daughter wanting to go off and try to look for a sooner, and then there's the work I has to do, and that and then there's the army we're talking about. He just starts going off about how there's so much stuff going on right now. Husband, husband, I know how much you do for our family. Just. Why don't you just take today as a day to relax and just let it all, you know, just let these problems for another day. Come on. There's, there's music over there. Why don't, why don't we, you know, dance or something? <sighs> Very well. For a few hours, at least let's eat, drink and be merry. And she leads you over to the platform and, um, you know, there's like a fiddle player um, and, you're you're being watched by um, a few other people. Some other people start joining in on the dance. Um, you see your daughter Abigail watching the two of you and kind of smiling. Um, Margaret, you come up on Abigail and see her smile at watching her two parents kind of like enjoy the moment. And she's kind of like looking, kind of like wistfully, like hoping, like like the look of hope in her eyes or something. As she's just watching other people like enjoy their lives, she's going to very playfully kind of uh, hit her with her elbow, and she's going to do her best at an American accent and say, "Hi there, Hazel. I'm new in town. Who are you checking out?" Oh, um, hello. I, I'm 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 Abigail. I'm kind of new in town. Probably not as new as you. Did you come with the wagons that came in the, earlier this week? Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, my name's Hazel. Nice to meet you. Yes. Um, well, it's sorry. It's just been a very crazy week this past week. I I don't want to just unload my burdens on, my, on a stranger, but uh, my father's been all worked up and there's been something's going on, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a woman, you know, I should be, I should be trusted with information. I, I can help, but I don't know. I think I'll always just be a kid to them, but it looks like you don't have that problem. Oh, well, <laughs> let's just say that people sort of treat me like a kid sometimes too. They treat me like someone who can't make her own decisions, you know, but uh doesn't matter what age you are. I hate to break it to you. Either you're a child and your parents don't trust you, or you're a married woman and your husband thinks he knows better. You know, even women in the church aren't exempt. You know, the priests think they know better, too. It's a man's world out here, kid. So you're married then? No, I'm not married. No, there was someone I was looking, you know, 
into, but eh, then I moved. I see. Did, are you with, and then she kind of like indicates the silver dollar, which is actually pretty nearby. She looks at the silver dollar and then back at Abigail and says, uh, not yet, but it seems to be the only way for a single woman to earn her income around here. So probably soon. And she swallows and nods to that. And she's kind of like looking wistfully at like the dancing couples and, you know, just, just like waiting for something to happen. And just, it's just not happening for her. And she seems a, like a little sad almost. Well, you know, my father always told me that the way to make things happen was to, you know, make them happen. You're not really going to get a nice strapping young lad to ask you to dance if you're just sitting here kind of shying away. How about, and she starts kind of looking at the crowd and she spots Johan and points at him. She goes, what about him? He looks like he's around your age. He looks single. Maybe he can dance. Johan, he, he's he's just a kid, though. I mean, well, I mean, I'm not that much older, but you think? Yeah, why not? He looks exotic. Well, he's, I guess, more conventional than his father. Oh, <laughs> I can only imagine. Yes, well, it, it wouldn't be proper for me to make such a request. Well, maybe if we stood a little closer, not so far away, let the boys have a good look at you. You're a beautiful young woman. You'd be snatched up in no time. Come on. So she's going to like eagerly grab her hand and start kind of leading her closer to where the younger people are. She kind of goes with you a little bit and like you you lose sight of Gregory and um, Samantha as they're dancing in. Like there's like a flurry of people as more people start to join in on the activities and you kind of like eke your way around the crowd where there's, there's Johan, uh, Mark is there as well. And like, you know, a few of the, the younger lads who are kind of like at that age where they might, you know, be almost marriageable material, or they should be thinking about becoming men very quick out here in the frontier. So Margaret, she knows she looks different, but part of her is still Margaret on the inside. And, uh, you know, she she thinks she can just kind of walk up to Johan and tell him what's what. So she walks right up to him, forgetting what she looks like and his tastes and says, hey, what are you doing around here? Just standing around. Don't you see there's women here that want to dance? And you kind of startle him. And he's like, oh, I was. um." I was waiting for someone. Who are you waiting for, huh? And he kind of uh, looks at you and like, there's like this almost a moment of recognition, but then it's gone. And then he's like, oh, um, someone, I don't think she's going to be here today. So she kind of pushes her hair behind her ears and says, well, then I guess there's no no sense in just standing around, is there? Look behind my shoulder. There's a nice girl back there who's looking for a man to dance with. Abigail, right there. Why don't you go ask her? 
Would you like to make me either fast talk or persuade or charm? Hmm, let me see what my chances are. Yeah, because I'm. I mean, Johan has his mind on something, but you you might be able to convince him otherwise. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Well, yeah, my only chance is going to be persuade on this one. So let me give that a go. <laughs> no, eighty five out of thirty four. Yeah. Um. I guess maybe, um, maybe she'll show up later and he like goes over and asks Abigail to dance and like they, they dance, but just by watching them, you're not seeing like any huge spark between them, but they have fun. Uh, Gregory, you're, you're watching as like your son is, uh, sorry, your, your, your daughter's, um, dancing with, you know, pretty much your employee. Um, your wife's next to you. What's is there anything going on in your mind? Do you is this an approving match? You're you're thinking, or is your mind elsewhere? Right. At first, he's like, of Gregory Caesar. It's like he's unsure of it because, on the one hand, you know, it's a better. Is he he knows him, and he's at least you know somewhat certain that he's you know not. As bad as you know, some of the worst people around in the town. But on the other hand, it's Johan who he, he he's he's you know, he's just um, he's unsure, and that is okay. But that's that's for later. For right now, I'm just gonna worry about it later. It's not right. To just he, he's just too many things right now. Just focus on you know the next couple of hours. Just enjoy it. And as he, you're- yeah, and as you're trying to let your cares kind of like drift away and you know focus on the moment more, you you feel like the hair on your arms and legs kind of stand up and like oh, you're no. you're just noticing like from one of the larger tents that had been erected, like you see like electrical lightning just kind of like shooting out of it and it's drawing the gaze and um interest of a lot of the other crowds. There's oohs and ahs. But you just can't help but think that there's something in the pit of your stomach that says something's not quite right. Hunters Hunted 2 Corruption follows four hunters who have been plagued by the Supernatural Society and is a great place to start if you're looking for more games to listen to by Twin Cities by Night and you enjoyed Missouri Crossing. Mm-hmm.